Welcome to the H&H Hour podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Bolt, and my co-host is Heather Taves. She's also my sister, if you don't know this. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Yes, welcome to the H&H Hour. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thanks mm-hmm. for clicking on that play button. Yeah. So Heidi, we, did you know that we're not just on iTunes now? We're on Spotify, too. I did know this. And Google Play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're moving up in the world. We had a sweet friend say that she really wants to listen but didn't know how to find us on anything else. Mm-hmm. And so go check out, check yep. it out, Spotify. Find us on there. Share with your friends. Heather, I'm excited about this guest today. I am, too. Yeah. It's, um, you know, anytime you have someone on your show with an accent, you just feel like there's an extra anointing from the Lord it's, that's about ready to be unleashed. Special. It's just special. Yeah. Right. Like, right. I feel like he could pretty much say anything and everyone's going to be like, that was amazing. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. So sometimes we chat and it's us and we talk about what God's put on our heart, whatever's mm-hmm. happening. And sometimes we invite guests in because the point of our show is we really believe that ordinary life is extraordinary. Yes. And it's those ordinary moments that we're all doing day in and day out that God uses in really profound and extraordinary ways. And we are hearing feedback from our listeners constantly that they are just having their eyes opened Mm -hmm. to the fact that their ordinary life Mm -hmm. is so purposed by God. Yes. And it's they've started to see it as extraordinary. Yeah. You don't have to have this big accomplishment Mm -hmm. or this successful thing that you've accomplished in terms of what the world would view as success. You know, the world's metrics are different than God's metrics. That's right. And I think so often people place their value on what they've done instead of what is right in front of them and who God has created them to be as an ordinary person. That's really good. Okay. So our guest today is Andy King. Andy, welcome to the H&H Hour podcast. Thank you for having me on, ladies. This is nice. See what I mean? Did you hear that? Ladies. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Now, remember, you guys have the accent. It's oh, not me. Okay, wait a minute. How many years have you been here? <laughs> oh, well, too many. <laughs> <laughs> you do not sound like you are from the Midwest. No, I am not. I'm from deep Texas. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I'm from England. I'm from England. <laughs> so, so when you go back to England, does your accent get thicker? Oh, yeah, for sure. I was, I was back there last October, November, and... I came back and my kids, when I got home, were like, Dad, you got a stronger accent. I'm like, no, it's always like this. So, <laughs> so, but, but it does come on, yeah. Yes. So, but back home, do they think you sound American? Uh, no, mainly because I watch a lot of English soccer. Ah. And so, and TV, and mm-hmm. so I'm always around it. Hearing so, it. yeah, so mm-hmm. when I went back, it was, I was just like the, the regular guy on the street, mm-hmm. <laughs> not with the accent, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Okay, so we have known each other for, I don't even know, two decades? How old is Riverside? So Riverside's 18, 19 years old, 20 years old, actually. Yeah, so so yeah. Okay, so 20 20 some years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. So we have this awesome history together, which is with the local church and ministry, but our listeners might not know you, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Yeah, um... So as you can tell, and as you've pointed out, I've got this crazy accent, not from uh, these parts, as they say. Uh, Grew up in England, uh, and then around 18 years of age, uh, moved to Australia for a year, and that really messed my accent up. I bet. I didn't know that about you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, I was on a a youth discipleship training program called Ace Teams, went and set that up over there Mm -hmm. for a year or so, and then... While I was in the in the U.S., uh, my dad uh, was asked to become the pastor of a church uh, just outside of Peoria in Washington, Illinois. Uh, so I literally moved back from Australia, and they had already moved. Wow! So, so I had to stay at people's homes to get the, all the visas and everything, and then. I came out about two months, three months after they had already moved. So. Was it no question that you would come here to the States with them or was it a hard decision? There's a story behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was given, you know, I had the option of, there was three options. There was uh, staying in Australia. Uh, we were building this new ministry called Ace Teams over there. Could have stayed there. Could have gone back to England. Mm-hmm and do ministry there or come to the States. So when my dad called me, he's like, you need to make a decision. 
I said, okay, let me pray about it. He goes, well, we've got to get the attorney working on the visa. So you need you to do it quick. You can't pray very long. <laughs> pray fast, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that week, this was, you know, uh, boy, 20, 20 odd years ago, 25 years ago, easy now. Um, I, I was going to a conference that week. I was part of a, a conference um, which we all know now as Hillsong. Mm. Back then, they were just starting, mm-hmm. and they had bought Brian and Bobby and all the the guys that, I mean, Darlene wasn't even on the scene back then. Yeah. So this was yeah, really the early. early. Days. Yeah. They came to Perth to do this conference. And so my dad had said to me, we're going to be moving to a town uh, called P- near Peoria, Illinois, Um and that's that's all he told me, and just to pray about it. It was in America somewhere. I had no he idea. He said it's tropical and it's amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the Bahamas, yeah. <laughs> minus the heat and the water. But um, so he so he told me this. So I uh, started praying about it. Went to the conference, and that night a guy got up to preach. And we had been there about eight months, and I hadn't met one American in that time as you know it's expensive to fly to australia it's it's not like you just get on a plane because it's a hundred dollar deal and uh, this guy gets up to preach thick australian accent and he said uh, my name is wes beavis Hmm. and i'm here to preach tonight and um as he goes to go into his message he said i'm going to share something i normally don't share he said i um i'm actually not australian he said, uh, I'm from America. So all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, huh. first guy I've seen. Speak, Lord. Yeah. So then he said, yeah, and I'm I'm from a town called Peoria, Illinois. Wow. And I was like, I turned to the guys who were on ACM and said, did he just say Peoria, Illinois? And they're like, yeah. So we go, I, afterwards I find him, and he actually went through high school in East Peoria. Wow. And... Um, and then moved there, his family moved over then. So I'm like, that's crazy. So that night, we decided to go and see a movie as a team. Mm-hmm. We go to see uh, So I Married an Axe Murderer, <laughs> which is a comedy, mm-hmm. right? It's a Mike Myers comedy. Mm-hmm. And if you watch this film, it starts in a coffee shop. And basically, there's a, it's like they're following a waiter and he's holding a cup of coffee and the camera is on top of the coffee Hmm. and it's following this coffee in and he gives the coffee to Mike Myers. It's a close shot and pans back. And as they pan back, there is a map of America behind him and right above his head is the words Peoria. Wow. And so I'm like twice in one night, God, all right, I'm set. I got it. I'm, so that was the story of me coming uh, wow. to to at least get to America and uh, moved with with my dad and and wow. family back then. Wow. I have not heard that story. I yeah, love it. Was, it was crazy. That's a good it one. It was crazy. It was crazy. So how long were you here before you met your wife? Oh boy, it was. Uh, see, we got married in '96, uh, so I got here in '93, '94. So about three, four years, something like that. So mm-hmm. uh, met in church. And uh, uh, she was just coming to the church, heard this English guy as a pastor, my dad, dad. well, Welsh, mm-hmm. Welsh, but, and uh, she, she actually said she went there because it was like listening to Dudley Moore speak <laughs> during, during the message. And so I was like, well, whatever it takes. Now so she, Now she's married to it. Now she's, yeah, now she's like, man, will you shut up sometimes? But, no, 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 no. That's so good. Yeah, so. Oh my goodness. Okay, so before we get further into your story, because I know we're just gonna we're just gonna go and it's gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to ask all of our guests the same question and hear what they have to say. So tell us what's the most fun you've had recently. Wow. You know, last year, um uh at the end of last year I got to go to a conference in Los Angeles, which was really cool. Uh, it was at a, a church called Mosaic Church. Uh, but my son, who's now 20, which is crazy. Crazy, think, yeah. He uh, is on staff at the Dream Center, which we'll, we'll talk about in a mm-hmm. moment, as a marketing type of director mm-hmm. guy. So I got to go with him and, and uh, another gentleman who's on staff. But it was really cool just to go with Ethan. We, we haven't 
done that that much. Like mm. he, the other guy was already out there, so we flew out on our own mm. and we had a laugh. And uh, you know, it's in Hollywood. This this church is so. Uh, you know, we went to Santa Barbara and all, all these different areas, you know, re- just really, yeah. really cool time. Um, so that was really fun. Like uh, the other thing that happened last year, which it was sad in one sense, but I had to go back to England. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was for a funeral of a close friend of mine mm-hmm. who actually was the ACE team's director mm-hmm. when I was in Australia. Yeah. But I got I got to go with myself and my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. It was just the three of us, mm-hmm. which hasn't happened, you know, Ever? in years. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and that was a real fun time. Even though we were there for a sad time and my dad spoke at the funeral and I did a little bit in the funeral, being able to just run into London for a time and just to have fun. And uh, it was just some of the things that, you know, I feel only God could have orchestrated, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so that was fun. Yeah. I mean, we do a lot of stuff around pure as well but some of that stuck yeah, out you yeah. know recently was that i love that because you you mentioned time with your son mm-hmm. and for a ministry yeah. type of thing and then time with your your dad and your mom yeah. and all, along the same lines that's so neat for me to see this gen- what god's doing with these generations yeah. Yeah. of people he's called to be his servants yeah. here on this earth and I, your dad is hands down one of my favorite people in the whole world. Mm-hmm. I just I owe him so much mm-hmm. for what he saw in my life and how he gave, you know, a 25-year-old girl the chance to preach the word of God which mm-hmm. lit something in me and so mm-hmm. um we could go on and on about him. Yeah. But I love that you've got your dad and then you've got you and you've thrown your life into ministry yeah. in your whole life and now your son. Yeah. And your son was a little boy in my kids' church. That's right. In fact, he, um, we were talking about this the other night, how um, it was you guys that gave him the shot to drum his first time in big church. Yeah. Um, you know, and we, we've just gone through this journey and we'll talk about mm-hmm. uh, where we moved down to Nashville for mm-hmm. a year or less. Uh, and the people that were after him mm-hmm. while we were, you know, it was a big church we were in with a lot of mm-hmm. Christian and mm-hmm. uh, secular artists, mm-hmm. you know, and he's playing drums with Adam Lambert's bass player and mm-hmm. Natalie Grant is in the service and Danny Goke is that, you know, like influence. Yeah. The, and, and, and he and Clay, my other son, who's 18, which is crazy as well. Um, <laughs> they are both, I mean, they're not just good musicians. They're really good musicians. Yeah. And and I think I can always say that, mm-hmm. you know, that they're great musicians, mm-hmm. but then to hear it from peers mm-hmm. that are in the industry, mm-hmm. that is, was really cool to see them mm-hmm. striving after God with their gifts in a place that normally chews musicians out, you yeah. know, and like we don't need, okay, there's so many musicians here, you know. Yeah. So. Not only does it make me feel super old, right? But it's yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, I I just I look at that generation of kids, and so many of them, kids, their age. Yeah. You know, I mean, to me, they're kids. Yeah. They were they were little kids when I was kids pastor at Riverside. Mm-hmm. So many of them have chosen the path of ministry, and I just think how cool that we live in a day and age when kids are choosing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're choosing that above. Mm-hmm stardom you yeah. know and above yeah. the the big career and climbing the corporate ladder and yeah. i i just couldn't be more proud of them that's mm-hmm. so cool yeah let's talk about your move to nashville yeah what what took you to nashville and what brought you back yeah it was um you know leading up to nashville um i'd been running the dream center for many years up to that point and i've always said that you know if if a door uh if god ever put a door in front of me and it opened, I would walk through it. Mm. Not that I'm always looking for the next greatest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a literally a door that that came to us. Um, a church down in Nashville called Cross Point Church. Church of seven or 8,000 people. Um, the thing that, that really drew me to it was when they, when they approached us was they had three dream centers that they were running. Wow. Um, so before you go on, explain yeah. for those who might not know what dream center 
is. Yeah. So for us, and, and every dream center is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's what was amazing about being in Nashville. The mm-hmm. dream centers there were completely different from here. Okay. Ours is, um, you know, we live to impact families that are living in poverty, mm-hmm. starting with kids and youth. So we get very creative in, in really looking at how we can come alongside a family, especially the kids mm-hmm. that are living in poverty and be able to make an impact in their lives. And so um, at our Dream Center, that looks very different from, we have a homeless shelter that's 24 seven for women and children. It keeps us very busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have anywhere between 70 to 100 people a night. Wow. Um, uh, and we've just gone 24 seven. So it's not just an overnight shelter. We have people with us day and night. When the kids go to school, we're working with the moms to try and find them jobs or uh, get them out of the dream center into home into uh, housing um, and then we have we have many other programs like an after school program as well for kids from uh, the near north side of Peoria um, each and every day 70 80 kids are, are at the dream center so and we get very creative with how we do that it's not just babysitting we have uh, a trade school we have a creative art school mm-hmm. Um, just different ways that we can really uh, show them a way out of poverty um, and be able to equip them to get out of poverty and so 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 that's what the dream center is all about is really just uh, working with folks that are are living in poverty or homeless need clothes food Mm. shelter Mm. you name it we we try to do it so that's so cool. So you were the director of that for a long time. Long time. Yeah. And then and then this church approached me, which had three dream centers. Um, and their growth was going to be that they wanted to have uh, 20 campuses by 2020. But then every campus within that church would have their own dream center. Wow. So, um, so they brought me in to like oversee this whole thing. Plus they put me over all their global missions as well. Okay. Um, so, and I'll be honest with you, going down there, it was a dream job. Mm-hmm. It was, I didn't have the weight of running this building, this whole thing. The church was purely behind it. People were giving to it. So there was a different weight, mm-hmm. but there was this weight of, um, seeing this thing succeed. Yes, sure. Um, And so we went down and on a ministry level for me, it was incredible. I I tell people it was like, people pay thousands of dollars to go to somewhere like a Hillsong conference or a Mosaic conference or something like this. It was as though I got this exposure for six months or more every day. It was that type of learning. Yes. Uh, from team culture to uh, dreaming big, uh, dreaming one size too big, as we we said at the Dream Center now, just thinking how can we take what we've got here to impact even more people Mm -hmm. in Middle Tennessee. Uh, And so it was going amazing. Mm -hmm. And about two, three months into it, uh, me and my wife were lying in bed one night and we turned to each other and said, we need to get back to Peoria. Uh, and you know to look at how we had been treated uh, at Crosspoint, and they'd gone, they'd bent over backwards to get us mm-hmm. there. Um, you know everything that we would need. You know as far as creating this ministry to really explode. Um, I was working with a lot of you know on the Christian music side. I was working with a lot of artists with what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, your so kids had transitioned with you as well, right? We had so all they... moved out. So we had sold the house in Peoria. We were living in Franklin. Okay. Um, we homeschooled. So that that was you right. know an easy step. It wasn't like we were having to find Shout schools. Out to yeah. I forgot the child homeschooled. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, so we went down that, but we just knew it was it was for a season. Going there, we didn't know it was for a season. Okay. Yeah. Every time you make a step, you think mm. this is forever. Yes. <laughs> but this season was just going to be for six months, wow. eight months. Was it one of you or both of you that that knew? Uh, I feel in, I mean, it was both of us. Teresa really felt 
it, it's not feeling right. Not that it wasn't, not that it was wrong. Right. Yeah. It was just not feeling right. And yeah. then, um, and then to really like, uh, bring a bit of confirmation, uh, Teresa's dad got hit with cancer. Mm. And so that completely unsettled us. Yeah. And, um, and he's doing well now, but back it's then hard. we didn't know, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so, um, crazy story though we had bought this house and um we decided okay we're gonna we're gonna move back i mean it was the hardest resignation letter i've ever written yeah um i walked in and gave them the letter the the gal that was my boss at the time and she looked up at me and she said andy i totally get it Mm -hmm. and this lady and her husband had had done the similar thing. They'd moved to Elevation Church with Steve Furtick. And within a few months, they knew, okay, this is the season. We now need to go back to Nashville. Wow. So they totally got it. So I gave them, you know, six weeks notice type of, I'm going to wrap everything up. We were in the process of getting every everything, uh, all the 501c3 stuff for the Dream Centers done. So there was a lot of legal stuff we were wrapping up. And um, so now we've got to sell this house. So we'd only been in the house eight weeks. Wow. Wow. Right? So I knew in my head, I have to sell this house for at least $30,000 more than we bought it. Eight weeks ago. Eight weeks yeah. ago, because I've mm-hmm. got to get the money back to, for a down payment yeah. here. Yeah. So I, I toyed with putting it on the market on my own and we, we threw something online, you know, like Zillow and all that stuff. And, and then I said, we just got to go through our realtor. So it was hard because our realtor was one of the elders of the church and he didn't know all this was going down yet. We we were going to be telling him the following week. So I pull him in and he was totally cool. We put it on the market, $30,000 more than we paid because you're crazy. I don't know how we're going to get this. And we sold the house within 10 minutes. What? It was crazy. The Saturday morning, Friday night, we put it on the market. The first person coming at 10 o'clock, it was sold oh, by 10 past 10. My goodness. Wow. So we're like, okay, God. And here's the other thing that was crazy <laughs> with the whole move. We knew we had to make the move back. And so I said to my wife, why don't you and the kids travel back now to, so you can be with your dad mm-hmm. and we'll just see where God takes us like if you get back but nothing happens in peoria then we because i wasn't going to resign if i didn't have anything set up right you know what i mean i'm not like my dad who moved to america without knowing what's going on yeah yeah. (laughs) i haven't got that much faith but but i said let's just see what happens and so i um sent her home no one knew what was going on at cross point i mean i they knew that things weren't well because of the cancer. Yeah. So my wife's gone home. She left the Tuesday morning. Mid-afternoon on the Tuesday, my wife hasn't made it back to Illinois yet. I get a call from my dad saying, hey, I don't know what's going on, but the executive director of the Dream Center just resigned wow. in Peoria. Wow. Would you be willing to talk with the board before they take it on a national search wow i said dad you know Teresa's on her way home like just because of what's going on but let me explain everything else wow and so from that um i just we just knew it was right uh and so i gave them six weeks uh notice and then i walked back into the job uh, two weeks before Mission Peoria, which is probably our biggest week of the year with 300 plus young people coming to the Dream Center and Backpack, which is another big program we do right right off, off the bat. So wow. I stepped into it um, and, you know, I hadn't been in control of the Dream Center for about two years at, mm. up to that point. Mm-hmm. So in coming in, um, there was just a lot of things that we just had to, had to steer the ship a little bit sure. back yeah. to, to vision, you know? Yeah. So what's one of the biggest things you learned about God's direction for you in that move and in coming back? Um, that faith, faith can be scary, but it's worth taking the step. Mm-hmm. That's the, 
that's the big thing. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone because <laughs> <laughs> like having a nervous breakdown is really bad. No, I didn't have a nervous <laughs> breakdown. But um, I think that that was the thing of also when, you know, when I speak to people, they always say, oh, so you made a mistake. Mm. And uh, I always say, no, it was right on. Mm. Because what I've brought to the Dream Center mm. um, in being back, mm. um, everything from creating a new s- staff culture to mm. um, our, our core values now that really drive a team rather than it just being the one guy doing it to mm. all this stuff. I wouldn't have learned any of that. You had to go there had to, go to there. get that. Yeah. Oh, and don't you just love that, how God does that? Like, he doesn't show us all the steps. Mm-hmm. Right. He's like, here's one step. Trust me. Yeah. yeah. Abraham, go Yeah. to a land you don't know yet. Yeah. And then now here's the next step. Now here's the next step. Yeah. And, and it, was, it was really like that. I mean, even going there was like that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we, it wasn't a decision we took lightly. I sure. mean, I had been... You know, I came here from the UK, 93, and all I'd known was uh, Peoria and Washington and the area, and I'd built... And your parents in ministry. Oh, yeah, Yeah. and and all the people involved with what we're doing. And so Mm -hmm. it wasn't uh, a decision that I took lightly, but then coming back, I also didn't take it lightly. I mean, there was friendships that I'd built down there that you know if i'd have just pulled out yeah could have been terrible for right. for us as a family right. and me in ministry and mm-hmm. that guy that took us for a, a ride yeah. you know coming yeah. down to nashville and but no now in fact last week i was on the phone with uh, one of the dream centers consulting them and so that whole relationship is still very strong uh, with Crosspoint. Were you tempted at any point when God started putting that on your mind, like I'm bringing you back to Peoria, were you tempted at all to stay in Nashville to kind of save face, if you will, so that people weren't go, oh, he made a mistake? Or was that at all a thought or a fear? Um, no, I think the enemy really tried to throw it at me, sure. for sure. Yeah. Um, but when you, we just knew it was right to come back, yeah. it was just, how is this going to, yeah. how's this going to work out? How'd your kids respond? Um, they were cool with it. The thing for Ethan and Clay, especially they were joy. So I've got, uh, joy is 13. Hmm. Um, and then Ethan, like I said, is, is 20, going to be 21 and, and Clay's 18. Um, joy, was ready to come back just because she's 13 and her friends were here and uh, homeschooled. So the network for her was here, you know, uh, the church and everything else. And, she, you know, she was finding it a bit hard uh, just create. I mean, we hadn't been there long. So right. it wasn't right. like we'd been there for five years and right. still wasn't um, going well. But for her, um, it, it was easier. Mm-hmm. The boys, like I said, the boys were... So Crosspoint, like I said, is a big church. They had never allowed anyone under the age of 18 on their stage. Wow. Okay. So when we were there, Ethan was 17, Clay was 15. And they're like, hey, we would like them on the stage. Wow. wow. Like playing. And, wow. Um, and so that was, you know, they were getting into the groove. Yeah. Now, granted, it's different. I mean, they were doing six services on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, but even in that, even with them being there as a volunteer, mm. there was things that Crosspoint did that I was taking note of. Yeah. Things like um, they would have done three services in the morning. They got done at around two. They were going to have to be back at around five on a Sunday mm-hmm. to do another three services. Mm-hmm. And um, the gala overall, the volunteers, uh, came up to them after the end of service said, Hey, we know you've been really going hard today. And so here's two cinema tickets. Mm-hmm. If you want to go and watch a movie this afternoon, mm-hmm. just relax. Here's also some uh, money for, for lunch. And you know what I mean? It's like, they didn't have to do that, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's those little extra yeah. things yeah. that really go a long way with volunteers. And for us at the dream center, we're averaging three, 400 volunteers a month. Mm-hmm. So 
that stuff came back with me. Okay, right. how are we looking after the volunteers? How are we, if they call, are we getting back with them within 24 hours? Mm. That All that type of stuff. Mm. Um, and, and we're not saying that we're perfect on it, but right. we we were able to put things in place yeah. to be able to really make sure that works. That's so so they, they loved that side of it. So it was hard, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they were missing friends, yeah. you know, 18 yeah. and, and 15, you know, they're grown up with the same friends all, all their lives. So yeah. they were, they were calling coming back. Yeah. Um, but they loved being down there I'm and sure. the network and, yeah. and stuff like that. Music, music yeah. was music. their life. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. But it's so cool that God has given them that platform here yeah. too. And mm-hmm. you yeah. know, just to see what's going to come of that is I can't wait. Yeah. I cannot wait. For sure. Let's talk about Peoria yeah. for a minute. So I know um, my husband and you have had conversations about the city and yeah. what God's doing here. And, you know, there've been a lot of people that have written Peoria off yeah. that have left yeah. and moved out. And I think there's some of us that are planted here and that love it yeah. and that are for the city and are, are determined to stay and see revivals happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us your feelings about Peoria. Yeah. As I talk about where I went and then came back, <laughs> It was being in Nashville that I realized where God wanted us. Yeah. And not just wanted us for a season now, but for life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even in some of the conversations that I'm having with my wife, I mean, we, you know, we've been in this house for the last two years and we're like, okay, if this is it, then we're even talking about, okay, what is the house we need to retire in, in Peoria? Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like that's the type of conversations that we're having. And, yes. And, and what does God have for this city? Which I feel mm. um, I and the Dream Center staff get a bit of a sneak peek into that mm-hmm. because what we see is churches coming together. Yes. Individuals coming together. Even even non-believers mm-hmm. coming in and they haven't got a clue what they're stepping into <laughs> and and then when they start getting yeah. around us there's way more mm-hmm. questions and and for us you know on our staff um i think i counted the other day we have seven or eight different churches represented on staff that's Amazing. awesome um and so our the way that we look at the city is not so much and everything we feel is through the local church. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to say when um, we're part of this thing that many churches created. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see the power in the local church and where people are at. So yeah. whether that's, you know, a, a church planter in the near north side trying his thing and trying to get people around him. and Or if that's a, a big church on the on the north end or the south side mm-hmm. or... We all have this part to play mm-hmm. um, to really create this mosaic throughout yes. Peoria. Yes. Um, where it gets interesting for us is where churches take down the walls that they've got mm-hmm. and get on board with, for us right now, um, with all the things that we've got. And there are many other nonprofits in town that are doing incredible right. things. Right. But what we're seeing is there are churches even that aren't in Peoria, mm. who are having a passion for Peoria because of what they're seeing stirring in the waters here. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we're having calls from churches that have never had anything to do with us mm-hmm. at all that are like, hey, we just believe in what you're doing in Peoria. Wow. Our end of year offerings going to you. Yes. Come Here's $60,000. Yes. Do what you want. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's as though God's God's blessing the outer skirts of Peoria to bless yes. the the city. And yeah. I'm not not even the inner city. I'm not mm-hmm. on about inner city. I'm just on about as a whole. As a whole. As yeah. a whole. Yeah. Chris was driving over the bridge. And I, I know you know this because you've talked to him, but we have similar feelings about the city mm-hmm. as far as just the move of God that is that is happening here yeah. and the yeah. remnant of people he's using yeah. and the unity that's coming through the local church. Yeah. And, and you you know this cause you've been here a long time and I know this cause I've been in local church ministry for a long time. Walls are falling down mm-hmm. that have been built up yeah. for years and years and years between churches. And it is beautiful and yeah. it's so exciting. But as Chris was driving from Southern Illinois back into Peoria uh, Saturday night, 
he was driving over the bridge and we had just been downtown for a women's conference for if gathering at the gateway building. Mm -hmm. So we're right down there in the heart of the city and the fog had started to settle over the city. And as Chris drove over the bridge, he said he felt the presence of God in just such a powerful way over the city. And he's from Canada. And yet, and so I can see this really cool thing that God's doing where he's bringing people, even from other countries into the city with a heart heart for Mm -hmm. the city and with a passion to see Mm -hmm. a move of God, like I think will be historic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I always remember uh, many years ago, I heard a story of from Jack Hayford Mm -hmm. and he uh, had this like prophetic dream uh, and it was a, a map of the U.S. And when he zoned in, there was a. It was on Illinois, and this flame was coming out of the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, if you ever look at the Illinois map, Peoria is right, right in there. the middle. It's the heart. Um, and and I really do, I really do believe that. I mean, even with what we see, mm-hmm. um, the stuff that we're seeing, like you can and and experiencing, you can only dream. Um, just the way God is creating things for us to step into. Yes. And um, and when I say we, I'm on about the church in Peoria. Yes. Yes. It's not just, you know, a Riverside thing. Right. Or, you know, and I mentioned Riverside because they were, the, if you didn't know the story of the yeah. Dream Center, that was the church that birthed it yeah. in Peoria. Yeah. But they understood from the outset it was going to take something bigger than one church to impact a city. Right. It may be something like they felt a dream center that would be the catalyst to bring churches together to then impact a yes. city. Yeah. Yes. And um, and we see it. We're seeing it like crazy from different denominations. I mean, on yeah. our board, we've got people from Grace Prez on our board. We've got people. Uh, we've got uh, some Catholic men that are helping us with what we do we've got people from all over the place mm. i mean it's crazy it's and like heaven it totally is yeah. it totally is if you've got yeah. a problem with it then it's coming home yeah, there we go yeah yeah, yeah 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 so good oh man i love that so much so this might make you feel a little bit old um because you did that for me so i feel like it's fair play <laughs> there we go all right <laughs> Brace yourself, my Andy. son will be at mission peoria this year oh come on uh, now I do feel old though, yeah. but no, that's good. I mean, and the Mission Pure is a prime example. Mm-hmm. Um, Mission Pure is a one-week missions trip for young people. Yeah. So we average anywhere between three hundred and fifty to four hundred young people that invade Peoria. High for school a week. students, right? High school yeah. students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, junior high, high school. Junior high, yeah, high school. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, not only that. I mean, there's, some of the stories are crazy. Like, so we have youth groups coming from all over the U.S., from L.A., uh, Kansas City. One year we had a group from Brazil come. I know back in the day when I was leading with you, we had students coming in from England. Oh, yeah. 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 And last year we had a, a, an English uh, guy. He, he actually, uh, he, he became pretty well known because of his accent, yeah. especially among the girls. But that's a whole <laughs> other story. Um, but we could here's go the, on with Mission yeah. Peoria stories for a long <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah but could. here's the crazy thing, though, about Mission Peoria that um, a lot of places uh, have hard times with, especially youth camps. The whole concept with Mission Peoria was back in the day, uh, Riverside, when they started Mission Peoria, they started it because a lot of their kids could not go to youth camps mm. because of the cost. Yeah. And so. As it grew, it got to a point where Riverside were like, we want to we want to see this explode mm-hmm. and we feel giving it to the Dream Center, you can then get way more churches getting involved mm-hmm. instead of just Riverside. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it all started. Uh, and now what we found is all these youth groups are getting connected with us from around the city. Mm-hmm. And the whole aim of it is at the end of the week, we could turn to those youth groups and say, hey, this isn't like a regular missions trip. Regular missions trip, you'll go to some far off place, have an amazing time, which I'm all into global missions. So it's not like I'm slamming that. Right. The difference is we can now turn to all these local youth groups and say, 
what you're doing this week, you can come and get involved in next week, yeah. the week after, yes. a month from now. Bring your friends. Bring yeah. your fr- get, get a r- yeah. So, for instance, Grace Presbyterian, they've been doing Mission Pure for over 10 years now. Wow. And they've done Metro Kids for over 10 years, wow. which is our kids program uh, in Taft Homes every, every other Saturday. So it's a way that you can connect the churches in Peoria yeah. with another way of serving the city. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the beauty of Mission Peoria. Yeah, we have fun at night. We have big youth celebrations at night, but that's just to get recharged yeah, right. for the next day the with work. the service projects. Well, and it's so beautiful to see it coming through the youth, Yeah, mm-hmm. this generation who I believe this move of God is going to really explode through. Totally. And so seeing them not care about the walls of churches, mm. right. but coming together to impact a city yeah. and that unity, you know, wherever there's unity, the presence of God is there mm. totally, in the midst yeah. where there's disunity, you're going to find it's demonic. Not a, not a force. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Andy, I love, you've said it twice, maybe three times now you've talked about Riverside birthing something yeah. and then giving it mm-hmm. to yeah. somebody that could do more with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a key is yeah. that's how Jesus meant for it to be is that spirit of unity you know not worrying about whose name gets the credit right if it's the if it's jesus getting the glory that's the win yeah and that's the point and i think that's what i love about dream center is it's it is about god what do you want to do in this city yeah and we're not going to worry who gets the credit for it we're not Mm going to worry what the media is saying and who they're covering, we're going to go, this is all about Jesus mm-hmm. and people. Yeah. And that's the point of the gospel. Totally is. To- yeah. And you can do way more with, with more people involved. That's right. You know, it's, it's, right. it's, uh, you know, we were looking at some numbers the other day of just, we're about to go into this huge renovation project mm-hmm. um, because our homeless shelter has got, more than doubled the amount of people that it was built for. Wow. So yeah. there's so a floor. There's a yeah, yeah. And there's a floor in the dream center that we've never messed with since we bought the building. Mm. And so this whole project is going to be, you know, 1.7 million to, to renovate the, this massive space and a, and a, a kitchen as well, a commercial kitchen. And the reason why it's driving us there is, you know, our, um, core values is dignity, compassion, and purpose. Mm. And so anyone that comes through the Dream Center, we want the dignity element there. Mm. And right now, we're feeding 100 people. And, and here's, here's where it gets real for us. The average age of the, of the 100 people we get, the average age is nine years of age wow. on a homeless shelter. So it's a women's and children's homeless shelter, and the average age is nine. Mm. So when we are creating what we create in all the different spaces that we do, we've got to constantly think of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we get kids involved from a homeless shelter into after school program? Because there's no dad at home yeah, right. who can be showing the kids what, you know, from trades or creative arts and things like that. Yeah. So when we started looking at some of the numbers, because we want to do everything with dignity, um, Last year alone, we served sixty-three thousand meals, mm. just to the homeless. That's not yeah. the that's not the after-school program. Wow. This year already, we're now on track to be over ninety thousand meals this wow. year. So, the reason why we have to reach out to other churches to get on board with this thing yes. is because a small group cannot handle that. That's right. Yeah. You know, yeah. If you've got 30, 40 churches involved, even to the point where, hey, will you provide a meal yes. for 60 people once yes. a month? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to do that with 20, 30 churches than with one church trying to carry mm-hmm. this full weight. That's right. You know, yeah. And then it gives the church that's serving yeah. um, that way of knowing what it's like to bless someone who they may never meet. Mm. So good. Um, and that's that's a key element. Makes me think of when you know Jesus. The disciples said to Jesus, "Jesus, when did we ever see you thirsty and not serve you, or hungry and not feed you?" You know, yeah. and he says, "If you do it for the least yeah. of these, you've done it for me." Yeah. And I think a lot of people get hung up on that. They think like, "Well, I'm not bold enough to go down and meet a homeless man. Right. Like, you know, they might hurt me, or yeah. they might be yeah. sick, or." 
but to be able to partner with someone that's already in this space yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and to maybe it's a slow acclimation. Maybe mm-hmm. your $10 towards that right, right. is what is getting you started in giving the cup of cold water and giving the meal and giving the clothing. Yeah. And I, I just think for, you know, we have a lot of leaders that could be represented in this podcast. Like if you're listening and your heart is being drawn to this, mm-hmm. that is the Holy Spirit saying, mm-hmm. partner with this, yeah, give as to this. Church give. leaders, but then as individuals and families as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, using the platform God's given you to get your people on board for this. Because God is not messing around with what he's doing in Peoria, Illinois. Right. No. He's on the move and I want us to be with him. Yeah. You know, I yeah. don't want us to miss what he's doing. And I don't want our listeners to miss what he's doing because I think it's such an important time in history. And I think as well, the, the key thing for us that we've really zoned in on is when people want to volunteer, mm. um, you know, I hate, really, I hate the word volunteer. I mean, we use it because everyone knows it, but really just right. serving, Serve, serving yeah. our guests that yeah. come through the door. Yeah. It's, um, we've really tried to put people within their strengths mm. To be able to serve someone. That's good. So, for instance, we've got a trade school. Mm-hmm. Um, we never would have started a trade school. I mean, it, it's a big mammoth job. Yeah. But yet it took a Caterpillar engineer uh, from a church in Germantown mm-hmm. uh, to come and approach us and said, hey, I can help mentor kids but can I show them how to do it through taking a motorbike apart? That's so we're like, cool. yeah, sure, that's fine. He takes his motorbike apart and these kids start seeing things in 3D, mm. start seeing how this thing is put together. From that one volunteer, he then starts telling his friends at Cat, hey, why don't you come to the Dream Center, help me with this. To where now uh, we've got, you know, everything from 3D printing to a t-shirt printing business. We're about to launch a coffee shop. Uh, someone's just donated a, a, a roaster, a coffee roaster, brand new. The Spot Coffee are going to be helping us run that. Wow. Um, but again, we could have taken someone like Sarah from the Spot Coffee yeah. and said, oh, you're a body. Yeah. Can you come and teach math? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And we're like, this woman is it's incredible at running a coffee shop. Yes. Let's yeah. have her run a coffee yes. shop. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. At so our good. church, we call that running in your lane. Totally. Once your lane. Totally. And when you, when you put someone in their lane, you see them just, yeah. like the sky is the limit. Yeah. And it's not just volunteering. No. Yeah. Then it's, it's like. It's purpose. And, and, and their passion comes out, yes. which is contagious to the kids. Yes. And like, they're then asking questions. Why do you want to come and hang out with mm-hmm. us? Right. Let me tell you why. And, and that's where the gospel others, comes out. Right. And yeah. I think as a leader, leading people who are running in their lanes is so much better. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly a lot easier too than leading yes. a bunch of people who are just kind of checking a box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's amazing how when you start doing this, God will still bring the people who want to do the math. Yeah. That's right. With the, he will. With the you know, all the other stuff that so, some yeah. people don't like doing. Yeah. We've got a whole crew of retired teachers that mm-hmm. are involved. Mm-hmm. And so as we start focusing on what God's really calling us to do, he takes care of some of the other stuff as well in the same time. And Mm. so that's, that's really crucial. So we'll put all of this in our show notes, but for someone who's listening right now, who either wants to approach their church and get their church on board, maybe if you're right here, or if you're out somewhere, you can be a part of this and be, like you said, Andy, you know, not in central Illinois, Mm -hmm. um, or an individual or a family, how do they get involved? The best way for us, we've we've tried to go all digital on everything mm-hmm. just because we've got so many people from outside of Peoria involved as well. So the best way is dreamcenterpeoria.org. That's okay. our main website. Okay. Um, and then you'll see where you can click to get involved. Perfect. From there, there's a volunteer page that you can you know, fill out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see all the different ministries we do. There's a lot of video that we have actually explaining things. Mm-hmm. Um, can you donate on there as well do all that okay. yeah everything perfect. we've tried to really land everything right there so perfect um, so yeah dreamcenterpeoria.org okay. and then uh, and if you need to call us everything's on there so. okay mm-hmm. so what are you the most excited about for 2019 can you give us any like inside scoop yeah we um, yeah well the one thing with this renovation that's massive yeah. for us um, we're also going to be uh, relaunching a program that I know Heidi was involved in years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, back then it was called Adopt a Block. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we may change the name and just have a bit of a fresh feel, but yeah. basically we're sensing what you're talking about, this whole thing of, okay, there are people now who are really seeing Peoria starting to come alive. Mm -hmm. And um, how can we help fuel that fire even more? Mm -hmm. And so uh, relaunching Adopter Block will be a huge thing for the city. Um, it'll look different, uh, but basically getting out into the streets, yeah. be able to really get one-on-one -on -one with people. Um, so that's that's going to be pretty new and fresh. And then mm. this this whole coffee shop thing that we're mm. really excited about because um, it's one of the trades where we can teach kids a way out of poverty. Mm. Yeah, a lot so of these cool. kids have never even been in a coffee shop. Wow. Uh, a number of years ago, we did a program called City Brew. Mm. Uh, and so we're taking that and we're bringing the whole new concept with the spot coffee. And we'll have an actual place down at the Dream Center mm. with a roaster where kids will learn to do everything within the coffee industry That's so incredible. so some of those things that that are, are pretty pretty exciting as well as you know mission puri and all the other stuff that we do but yeah. um i think that'll be some of the the big ones that we're we're going to be focusing on this mm -hmm. year so you seem pretty excited about the future yeah I, I mean i'm one of these guys that uh if it's boring i'm like okay <laughs> what's next what's next Shake let's see what's going on and, yeah. and it's not to keep reinventing something or, or do the latest and greatest. Yeah. But especially with what we're doing, we just want to keep up with what God's wanting to do. Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. so, okay, especially with the adopt block side of things, it, it initially was set up to really find the needs within the city. That's, right. that's what it was created for was get close to people, then find the needs. And it got to a point where, um, the needs were coming in and we could not keep up with right, the them. needs coming and we couldn't fill it. And so we're like, okay, God's given us these few areas. We need to focus now instead of being an answer to everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so now we feel not that we can be an answer to everything now, but <laughs> we just feel that some of the stuff we've got set up already yeah. our after school program, the hope store, which is a, a, a big clothing store that we have. Um, the homeless shelter, the village, which is a two-year program. People can actually live at the Dream Center coming out of homelessness mm -hmm. uh, with our caseworkers. Now we feel when we go to the doors, we actually have an arsenal of stuff that we can yeah. we can bring people to immediately yeah, yeah. and not try and create something on the fly. It's I think huge. there's so much value in what you just said, not just for the ministry of the Dream Center, but also for people. You know, I think sometimes we want to try to do everything right, right at the beginning, yeah. but our capacity has to grow. Yeah. You know, we have to we have to go through the journey. So the Dream Center is how many years old now? We are now sixteen years. Sixteen years. Yeah. So look at look at what what you were able to do at the beginning, but right. now your capacity has grown so much, right. and your funding, funding, your funding is better, and, yeah. and your <laughs> programs. And, but yeah. I think as people, yeah. we we do that too. That's you know, right. where we have to be willing to walk the journey, yeah. travel the journey mm -hmm. to get to that place where, okay, now we have the capacity mm -hmm. to be able to do this. Yeah. yeah. At the 15 year anniversary, uh, uh, a year or so ago, um, you know, I told the story of this kid called Keelan who, when we met Keelan, you know, was like six months to a year old on adopter block mm -hmm. when we first started to where now that kid uh, is going to be graduating Richwood's, uh, this year um, and and we went through his whole story that night mm -hmm. and still are wow. um, everything from helping his mom she became homeless we got him into the village he got connected with a 309 program and it was as it was as though as we went through his story there was hundreds of people mm. that were involved in yeah. fact um, uh, you know Kelly and Justin Flutter, the, mm -hmm. the living Tremont, they come up to a, to me at the end of that night and they said, you don't remember this, but we picked Keelan's name off the tree for yeah. one Christmas to be able to buy Christmas gifts for him and his mom. Mm -hmm. And that was like eight years earlier. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so even that, there was people in that room that had yeah. been a part of this kid's yeah. journey. Wow. And I think that's what the Dream Center is really wanting 
to do is get more people on the journey to be able to impact more people. Yeah, to plant a seed. Totally. And that yeah. seed, there's so many ways that seed can be yeah. planted, watered, yes. nourished, yeah. harvested. I mean, there's there's so much stuff to be done. Yes. And, um, and so I, I just think it's a, a different time for us now yeah. Yeah. that... Um, more can get involved yeah. so we can impact more yeah just give something totally you know, and, if it's an hour of your month yeah and or... presenting jesus to to so many people you know on top yeah. of the dream center it says jesus is mm. and and that means so so many ways there's, yeah. there's so many ways that that can be answered mm-hmm. good and bad that's right right there's some yes, people that right. they've had a bad experience with church yes. and so they 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 put church and jesus together but yes. yet he's always stable he's always there he's always ready for us to hear us and so um as we do this journey together in peoria Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who can just jump on the train and and we'll have a good ride so good Andy. so super proud of you thank you thank you for letting me come you guys have done an outstanding job um staying the course staying faithful and so as we close up here you're in ministry and we all know if we've been in ministry or lived life at all there's a lot of pressure and mm-hmm. a lot of uh, just constant information coming at you of hard stories and hard things. And so for you personally, what do you do to refresh? Um, there's a few things. I mean, obviously, my time with, with God's pretty important to me. That's a time where I can refresh. Um, uh, I also do, you know, I'm a big music guy. So mm-hmm. listening to worship uh, is, is really a, a key element. Yeah. Um, also this is another crazy one, but trying to get to know people that I don't know now Mm. and creating new relationships and friendships and then whatever sparks them try and get involved with it. So for Mm. instance, there's a couple of guys that are volunteering at the dream center. They were there today uh, doing the coffee shop and, uh, they're big time into fishing. Mm. So years ago I used to fish and stuff. But I'd never been ice fishing. Hmm. And so about four or five weeks ago, we went ice fishing. We didn't catch anything. So. <laughs> uh, That's but, so cool, though. But it, it was something that I could just get away. Yeah. And with guys that are new to what we're doing, and I could just get away with them. And hmm. so I think I'll be doing a bit of fishing this year as well. But it's just, <laughs> it's one of those things of trying to do something a little new. You know, when Bob Goff was with us last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a, an event and I don't know if you if you guys know this you've read his books but every Thursday he does something new that's so cool which is like crazy to think yeah there's a lot of new but, things yeah <laughs> but every Thursday he'll do uh, something or try something new now I haven't got up to that yeah. but yeah. I think there's something in that yes. that if you do something new it it, it gets your mind thinking differently yes. yeah. um, it stretches you uh, and so I, I, you know, some of those things I'm, I'm really trying to do. Not every Thursday, perhaps <laughs> once a year, but, but that really does That's help cool. me just unwind yeah. a little bit. And then obviously being with my wife and and the kids and just hanging at home. I'm a bit of a homebody these days. Just, uh, you know, the kids. Now my boys are like, have we seen them the last three days? Um, but for me and Teresa, you know, just hanging at home that refuels me as well. You know, so. It's important. It's important because I've seen the other side of that. I mean, I've been in ministry a long time, but then before that, even in England, you know, I saw my dad go through a nervous breakdown. Yes. I was actually in the room when that happened. So mm-hmm. I've seen the ugly side of ministry as well. Yes. yes. And, uh, and, and so for us, I don't, I don't ever want to get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. there's things that you have to do to try and stop that. Don't take ministry home which yeah. is very hard with mm-hmm. running a 24-7 operation. Yes. But yeah. um, it's very rare I get my computer out uh, at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I do, you know, my wife's there so that we can be talking at the same time. Yeah. But it's very rare we're doing yeah. that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Because yeah. Yeah. I can get consumed real quick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think we, we asked this question because we started asking ourselves the question mm-hmm. and we didn't have a very good answer. Yeah. yeah, at first I didn't know how didn't I refreshed. Know. Yeah, and, and I think a bad place to be. It is. Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah. so important that people ask themselves that because mm-hmm. we all need it, whether we're in full time 
ministry yeah. or you're a stay-at-home mom or you're working a corporate job or you're, yeah. whatever you're doing, you have to still have those. It's biblical. Yeah. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're told to do that. We're modeled. Mm-hmm. God yeah. modeled that for us. So I think it's so important. I think it's discipline as well. It is, That's yeah. the, Especially with what, um, what I'm doing, you know, especially with a homeless shelter. I mean, we can get calls middle of the night. Last weekend we had um, attempted suicide on the property. Uh, about two, three months ago, we had a, a lady pass away. That was the first mm-hmm. time it ever happened. She actually choked mm-hmm. on something. Um, she'd fell asleep with uh, candy in her mouth. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so it's things like that, that you're like, you, you can't always turn off. That's right. Right. Yeah. Uh, but there's things that you can do, you know, telling my staff, Hey, on my day off and on your day off, right. don't be shooting emails out. Right. Don't be checking texts, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. if it's to do with work, yeah. um, things like that, trying to protect the staff as yeah. well as, mm-hmm. as well yeah. as us, you know, yeah. so. good. you have to, that's good leadership. Well, thanks for coming on. Hey, thank yeah. you for having me. Hopefully, hopefully people understood my accent. Oh, yeah. I think they'll You're probably good. want to listen to it again because yeah. <laughs> it's so <laughs> yeah. fun. Yeah, see, double double your, your listening views. Right, right. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so good. We'll come back anytime and give us yeah. an update. Yeah. Let us yeah. know what's going well, on. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening, friends. If you heard something that Andy said and you want more information, check out the thedreamcenterpeoria.org. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And as always, you can message us at the H&H Hour on Instagram or on Gmail. And we are here for you. We would love to pray for you. We're connected here in this city. A few of you have reached out really recently and just said, oh my goodness, I'm looking for a church home or this is my need. We can help connect you and we want to help connect you. So be in touch and um, we will chat with you next time.